A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So you're here because you want to know modern, vintage, everything in the world of card collecting today. Chuck, he's the collector, and Joe, he's the dealer, welcome you to the best card talk that covers it all. From the hottest new cases to 67 high numbers, all brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier about life with Oxygen Financial. Visit OxygenFinancial.net and by sports card investor the leading source for videos podcasts and articles about investing in sports cards profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com collector dealer take it away yep it's the collector and the dealer vintage modern everything else in today's sports card world this is episode 20 investment strategies and i'm chuck oliver i am the collector he's joe davis he is the dealer joe how you doing man doing great chuck looking forward to everything we've got to share today yeah and we're talking about investment strategies that's certainly part of it for real life with oxygen financial they have been my personal coach for uh, everything from investments taxes insurance you name it Uh, Oxygen Financial takes care of it for me. Breathe easier with Oxygen Financial. Uh, Joe, we're also brought to you by Jeff Wilson and Sports Card Investor. Talk about uh, the real resource, the tool, the free resource and tool that uh, SEI is for folks in the hobby and the industry. Yeah, Jeff and his uh, team at Sports Card Investor continuing to add and innovate and add new things to help investors in the sports card market. Highly recommend his YouTube channel and his website. He has a lot of great tools on there you can search by player and search for you know uh, just watch the performance and track different card sales and see what's going on and uh, so that you can make wise investment decisions in the card market all right joe uh, we're talking investment strategies in this episode and we've we hit on this a little bit in the last episode and i think it kind of spurred some thoughts from both of us um you know i'm saying that obviously everybody knows if you listen to the uh, podcast that i'm strictly vintage and even getting into pre-war now but i've become really intrigued with some of the limited insert individual one of one, one of 10, whatever cards, uh, that is one way to invest. Some is to buy modern unopened boxes. I saw, uh, what is the hot, either Donruss or Panini basketball, uh, uh, release. I saw a guy walk into a show in Nashville at the end of February said, how many boxes do you have? The dealer said six. Guy didn't even ask the price. He's like, I'll take all six. I was like, he's not buying those boxes to open them. Um, no. so there are a lot of different strategies, uh, whether it's individual cards, it's vintage, certainly with modern product and the new releases, just give us an overview of some of your tips and stra- uh, uh, strategies for folks. Yeah, there's a, a lot of different ways. I, I liken it to the stock market. Some people like to buy individual stocks. Some people like mutual funds. So if you're an individual stock guy, pick out the player or players that you want to invest in. Um, so we'll, we'll hit that first. Uh, if you want to go after their rookie cards, um, like in the modern market, I recommend things like let's let's take basketball or football for instance. You go after like the prism, the select, 
um, the optic, you know, which are the, the chrome designs, the shiny designs. And one of the reasons I recommend those is they grade really well. You get a really good percentage of high grades if you get the rookie card professionally graded. And the other thing we're seeing trending that I'm personally buying up is a lot of second year cards of these stars. I've, I'm a huge buyer of second year uh, Trey Young cards and Luca cards now. Uh, because and and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, uh, because some of their rookies have gotten so out of hand in price that the second cards are second year cards are becoming a better investment. Um, and for those who are looking more for what I call the mutual fund approach, you know, variety, uh, that's more of the the wax approach to to buy boxes from years where it is a strong rookie crop and say, you know. I think the basketball you're referring to is probably the prism basketball from this year. Um, this crop is so loaded, not just with Zion and John Morant, but uh, Tyler Hero and Kobe White on down the line. There's so many good rookies. So a lot of people are buying up the boxes, sitting them on the shelf, let them gather dust for a year or two, and believe they'll have great resale. I'm one of those people doing that. So. Okay, now let me ask you, because I, I think it was Prism, and, and it, that's the kind of thing, and, and again, I'm asking as a neophyte here with the modern stuff, like a dealer would get all hot, and, oh, you got six? I'll take them all without asking the price. It was for the Zion card, he said, he was after. Yep. Okay, yep. so give me an idea, if you can, what maybe one of those boxes would have been at the end of February. Oh, wow. They've moved so much. I know when they were released, they were about 400 originally, but that was like in November and they were probably 800 or so by then. They're like over two, I believe they're over 2000 now. Since February. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, now let me ask you as a parallel then, was there a prism box for Luca's rookie class? And what were, what, what's happened to the Luca rookie box over, because he's actually performing. He looks like an MVP now. He does. Um, and I, I, same product came out last year. It started a lot cheaper. Um, honestly, I haven't had any in quite a while. Uh, so I'm not sure what market is off the top of my but, head. But Luca's driving the bus for that. Yeah. Luca and Trey. Yeah. Uh, Trey trades is, I think he's a much better buy. I mean, you're right. Luca, I tell people is probably the future of the NBA, but, uh, he's the future face of the NBA. But, uh, that it is a very good Chris also got Shea Gilgis Alexander. You know, there's a few guys in that year as well. Well, well let me ask you, cause this is something again, in the last episode, I was saying, I'm just going to give you a thousand bucks and I want you mostly baseball, mostly vintage, but I want you to just load me up with any star cards, hall of famers, 25 bucks and under. And as a, just as a, as an, as a reference, as an example, I said, yeah, I don't care who it, you know, 84 tops, George Brett. And as you were answering, you said, well, the, the neighborhood matters, not just the house. You said, if you're going to get 84, don't get 84 tops, get 84 Donners, because that's the set everybody likes. Um, so it does matter. It's not just, well, I'm going to get a 2010 LeBron or a 2008 Kobe. Um, yeah. It could be a relatively similarly priced card, but a set is so much more popular with collectors that that's an avenue to, to, to consider as well. Exactly. Like I was saying with, with basketball and football people right now, the, the mid price, I mean, you've got your crazy stuff like the national treasures, which are $5,000 a pack, stuff like that. But like for the little more reasonably priced is the prism brand, the select brand, the optic brand. Those are our three favorites. Uh, we, when we buy up quantities of somebody, that's usually one of those three brands. If I'm buying up rookie cards or second year cards, especially basketball, football, those are the brands I go after. Now, and I also want to say, Joe just 
he gives what he just said. That's what I go after. That's what when people ask what I suggest, um, you, you tend to shy away from saying, absolutely, I guarantee this is what's going to happen. No, um, no. And, and we, we were having a conversation again in a previous episode of, uh, similar to this uh, that I want you to kind of expand. I was asking you about a Tua card or maybe a Joe Burrow card that if I'm just going to really speculate with – 500 or $2,000 and get a rare low number insert autograph, whatever. Um, which card should I go? And you said, well, actually my advice would probably be to wait until the, the cards with those guys in their NFL uniforms come out. Correct. Um, that it's maybe not even just, you know, one set to another with major league baseball players. It could be just a little bit of patience till you get a picture of two in the dolphins uniform. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, because of their NFL, their, their major NFL releases have not come out yet. So, uh, I mean, I did buy up a, a number of Tua and Burrow Prism draft rookies for grading, and I did. I've done really well on the ones that got graded, but uh, th- they'll only be a percentage of what their true NFL Prism rookie cards will be. And so, what, what's the timeline on those? That's a, just a little later in the year, right? Yeah, they haven't even solicited them yet. So, yeah, it, it'll be at least two, three months away. They have not even sent out the solicitations yet. All right. Uh, we had uh, we were talking breaks uh, probably about four or five episodes ago, and we had a guest on, and you all started talking about something. I was like, whoa, what? there's a market for that? Um, you started talking about international customers that you may have, especially for breaks and soccer cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and that apparently, I don't know, there's like a 14-year-old or 16, somebody's rookie card in Europe and everybody's going guy over it. Uh, Kylian Mbappe. There yeah. you go. That's exactly what it is. Um, go back and I, I assume it wouldn't be anybody speculating. Like 86, 87 Fleer. Nobody bought those speculating. I think people bought those and just put them in the closet and forgot. Um, what was the the turning point, either year, set, manufacturer, whatever, for soccer cards to become so blistering hot right now? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Just since uh, we've talked, just in the last few weeks, we have seen an explosion in the soccer market. I mean, we're talking, let's take the Mbappe as an example. We were selling those, we were selling PSA 10s on that card for $500. Um, this week, I sold some for $2,900. That's, that's in one month My price change. This guy, you know, he already won a uh, already won a World Cup and is likely, uh, is possibly going to win a Champions League. So, um, super hot player. Um, the one products that are trending right now is like the 2014 World Cup because that's the first Prism cards of um, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Those two in PSA 10s are already bringing, uh, I believe they're in the three to $4,000 range now. My goodness gracious. And that's that, that's a product that I have to imagine when it debuted because it hadn't caught on yet. Like I said, 86, 87 Fleer. I remember seeing those at Magic Market and going, who wants basketball cards? Uh, so, yeah. all right, we're going to wrap up the first part of The Collector and the Dealer. That was modern. We're going to come back uh, and not talk vintage cards this time, but vintage tickets. That's next on The Collector and the Dealer. <laughs> I told you we're here because of support from Oxygen Financial. They're a sponsor of The Collector and the Dealer, but where my wife and I are, that's also in part thanks to Oxygen Financial. We have been personal clients of Oxygen for several years now, and originally it was for help with our taxes, looking to pay what we're supposed to, but not more. 
And we had been paying more for years, actually, it turned out. With Oxygen's help, that immediately changed for the better. And my wife and I decided, let's see what Oxygen thinks of our investments and overall strategy. Well, three years later, after making that choice, I can tell you we breathe easier when it comes to the market than at any time before getting with Oxygen Financial. And that's including the current issues all of us everywhere are dealing with. If you might have a question about where you and your family are, any at all, take the step we did and visit OxygenFinancial.com. You can get a free copy of Oxygen's 21-day budget cleanse, as well as Oxygen's guide on how to save up to $100,000 in taxes in 2020, just for telling them you heard Chuck talking about it. Breathe easier about life. Visit OxygenFinancial.com. A popular thought in the sports card world is that there's two camps. Those that love the hobby and those that profit from the industry. Thanks to Sports Card Investor, you can do both. Jeff Wilson has built his Sports Card Investor YouTube channel and his personal website, SportsCardInvestor.com, so that if you're a beginner looking to flip cards for cash or a returning veteran to the hobby wanting to make sure you get the best deals ahead of any emerging price trends, Sports Card Investor is for you. Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com. All right, back on The Collector and the Dealer, Episode 20, Investment Strategies. And for the vintage part of this, uh, I'm usually talking cards, uh, collecting strategies, etc. Uh, but I have a rule that, um, that I always follow. And, and Joe, want to bring you back in now. There's a rule in vintage collecting that I try to follow. Never start a set you can't finish. Um, I, I think I'm about to do that, except with some collectibles, Joe. I might be starting a collection of Super Bowl tickets. What's your experience here? Um, because I've, I've started to look, and of course, with my OCD, and you know, I, I want the full tickets versus the stubs, et cetera. Uh, it's it's going to be pricey, and it's going to be a slow process, despite there only being 54 of them. Uh, just give me your overview of a very narrow market in the hobby. Yeah, unfortunately, I have not been blessed to handle a lot of those over the years. I have had some. Um, one of the things that um, I would highly recommend is to be very wary of buying unauthenticated tickets because there are so many uh, counterfeits out there. So uh, highly recommend buying like PSA authenticated or even graded. Uh, I know you're not big on the graded thing, but for the tickets, I'd certainly, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'd certainly recommend buying authenticated tickets because there are some bad, especially for the dollar. Some of those, especially those early ones can bring major bucks, especially if you're trying to buy the full tickets and not just the stubs. I'm continuing with the collector and the dealer. I'm Chuck Oliver. I'm the collector. He's Joe Davis. He's the dealer. Um, I, I also want to talk cost in terms of money, framing, wall space, et cetera. Uh, for different collectibles, because I was thinking, all right, well, when I get my Super Bowl tickets, what am I going to do with them? And Joe, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was two nationals ago. I saw maybe it was Golden Auctions or maybe Heritage. There was a display of one full unused ticket from every World Series that the New York Yankees have played in. Did you happen to see that display? I did not. All right, Joe, it was eight and a half feet tall. What? Mm. Where are you? You know, you... That's something like Barry Bonds could buy that and put it in his man cave because he's probably got the space and the money. Um, it's just not practical. And what I found is like I bought a couple of first year vintage original 
Houston Colt 45's pennants. There was a blue one. There was an orange one. I bought them both, got them framed, and I realized it takes up half my wall. Same thing with jerseys, et cetera. So the cost of framing and then the cost in wall space, that's substantial depending on where you choose to go with your collectibles. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. that We have people sometimes try to sell us framed jerseys, you know, and I'll tell them, like, you'd come out better if you'd never framed it, you know, because if, if, if they're trying to resell it, because I tell them, like, I'm going to put this item on eBay and I can't pay to ship this thing. So something you have to be aware of. But, uh, yeah, I, I always recommend to my customers, customers find a good frame shop that you have a good relationship with who will give you discounts because it can get really pricey. Um, and especially with, with cards and smaller items, uh, you're talking about all these different mats being cut out and, and it can really add up. I opt for more conventional ways. Like, uh, you know, I have a big graded card collection and, and I've actually learned to use four pocket sheets, which will fit the cards well, and I can still put them in a notebook and display four cards at a time and flip through them. Well, that's actually one of my next questions because, um, yes, we've talked about, I have no choice. If I'm starting to buy T206s and T205s, some of the uh, Murad cards that I've fallen in love with, uh, you just you, you're being reckless, I believe, at this point. If if I continue to buy only ungraded cards, um, and I was going to ask you about buying graded cards that I'm actually going to leave in their slabs. How do I store these things? So four pockets, and they can go in envelopes, uh, just like my other cards, just a lot fewer of them, and the and the and the album is going to weigh a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually recommend we sell uh, graded card sleeves that we recommend putting the, the the slab in first to prevent scratching even before you put it down in the notebook. So uh, double layer protection that way. Uh, so that's a way to flip through the notebook, still enjoy your collection and not have to stick them on the wall. Yeah. And I've told this story before uh, national a few years ago, I was actually buying a 67 mantle and showed it to Joe. I was like, do you think this is, you know, whatever centered corner, whatever. And it was graded. And he gave me his opinion and looked at me and said, you're going to crack this out, aren't you? And I said, yeah. He says, you know, you're going to take about 35, 40% of the value with it. I was like, it's my card forever, so I don't care. I can't do that anymore. Uh, it's just not practical. When you start getting cards $500,000 a piece, then um, you're really inviting some disaster. Uh, so so I just need to know how to store them because to this point, I've always cracked them out. All right, Joe, we end the episode every week with the same two features. First, Joe buys a box. That's right. It's Joe Buys a Box every Thursday, every Friday when we release the new episode. Uh, ahead of the weekend, Joe's going to buy a box. He's going to tell us what he's going to buy, when he's going to rip it, what he's going to find inside, what's it going to cost. Joe, what are you getting this week? This week I'm going pigskin football, getting uh, 2020 Panini certified football hobby box. This one gives you 10 packs of box, five cards per pack. Um, there's an average of... Uh, Two memorabilia cards, you're looking for autographs, you're looking for uh, freshman fabric signatures, uh, and then there are also rookie parallels. So it's always a beautiful product, um, has players in their NFL uniforms, so very popular product from Panini. Runs, runs about 275 a box. All right, and my vintage set of the week brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier with Oxygen Financial. Joe, I'm sure you know about the 1961 Golden Press set of baseball cards. It wasn't actually a set. Uh, they were cards that came perforated in this little 
album for yep. for kids to buy. It was originally twenty nine cents, um, mm-hmm. and I've loved the cards. I didn't even know what they were. I I, I bought an entire set of them loose because you could perforate them out of the album. I right. bought a set for about $3 in the early 80s. Uh, since then, I've been lucky enough to get the original album that the cards came in and the perforated sheets. Uh, again, $0.29 cents for the original price, and they're all vintage cards. There's 33 in the set. It's Babe Ruth. It's Lou Gehrig, Carl Hubble, Joe Cronin. Um, I just think yeah. it's a fabulous set. Yeah, I've loved that one since I first got I don't remember the first time I had them. I'm probably in the early 90s, and it's it's probably the most affordable original cards of those stars uh, from the 60s. Yeah, Ty Cobb's in it. Yeah, it's a great set. Yeah, and again, the individual cards, I mean, you can get some for, you know, $5. You can get the Babe Ruth card. It's going to be a little more expensive. But um, I went and, and, and I searched, and it took a while, but I found one of the original albums. And, Joe, I don't know if you've ever even seen one of these. Maybe you have, but three of the cards were actually perforated on the front cover Five right. or six of them were perforated from the back cover. So every so often you'll see an album where somebody actually, you know, popped out all the cards and it's just like this flimsy piece of paper basically because all the cards are gone. I've been lucky enough to get one of the intact albums and it's a nice addition to the collection, I got to say. Um, all right, Joe, uh, tell everybody before we get out of here how they can get in touch with you again. Uh, they can reach us at gotbaseballcards.com and our break site is usbreaks.com and follow us on eBay and Facebook under Got Baseball Cards. Absolutely, and you can get us every week here uh, on the new episode of The Collector and the Dealer. All right, wrapping it up for this episode. Be back in seven days with more with The Collector and the Dealer with Chuck Oliver and Joe Davis.